0: You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. All right. Um, We've been preaching. I guess we haven't been preaching. I've been preaching (laughs) uh, for several weeks now on what? warfare man y'all are smart i love how sharp y'all are been talking about warfare and um as i said a little bit ago i my my prayer and my desire is that is that um through this series and i'm going to continue to i'm going to tie several things in starting tonight that will tie into warfare it's not specifically about warfare but it's going to tie together um but my, my thinking was, and my praying was, even today as I was praying about tonight, is that we, um, my goal isn't just for you guys to learn something. And my goal isn't for y'all just to um, be reminded of something, or to uh, get some more information, or become great theologians, or uh, to have a correct doctrine. Although that's, obviously that's, I want you to have, I'd rather have correct doctrine than than false doctrine um, but that the goal isn't for us just to be able to pass a test on information does that make sense um when we talk about warfare i've, I've said it several times and i'll say it again tonight one of the things we we've learned is that, re, that repeating things and it, it helps us to learn something okay it gets it begins to get into us as we repeat it and we learn it um, but as we're as we're looking at this whole idea of warfare, it's my hope is that you've begin and you have begun, even over the last few weeks to begin to see things a little differently, as you experience things that happening around you as you as you hear something that's going on, or you experience something in your own life or your own family's life, and you begin to understand that this thing that's happening, uh, it isn't just some event that's happening. Maybe this thing is happening is something that the enemy has planned for you and you're in the middle of a war, okay? And so I that that's not just a, um, I, I'm not constantly reminding you that we're in a war just so you'll have some knowledge, but I'm reminding you that we're in a war, hopefully, so that during the week when you're out there doing whatever it is you're doing and something rises up and comes against you and it could be in the form in fact as most of the time it's in the form of a person (laughs) and that person could be a boss it could be a neighbor it could be a spouse it could be a a child it could be any number of things but for us to begin to recognize and and understand that this thing that's happening I, i i need to remember i'm in a war okay and how i handle this thing in my life I should deal with it with the bottom line understanding that, that this is warfare that's going on. Do you with me? And so I, I hope we're getting that. I hope I, I that verse where Paul says that that we're not ignorant of his schemes, we're not ignorant of his devices. I, I my prayer is that that's really can be a true statement about us that we can truthfully say that we're we're not ignorant of his schemes. Devices, his schemes, his his strategies, his plans to try and come against us and and attack us and do the things that he does. Now I'm not, you know, you know. Again, we have. If we're not careful in Christianity, you hear me say a lot, this a lot about the pendulum swings and we can go from one end to the other and and we can become all of a sudden, you know, everything's the devil and there's a demon behind every bush and and, you know, everything we make out to be something that's the enemy that's attacking us. Well, sometimes it's not the enemy. Sometimes it's just our own. Stupidity. You know, sometimes it's our own mistake. Sometimes, sometimes it's just something that happened. But sometimes it is the enemy. You with me? There are some demons still around. They didn't all die out when Jesus died. Hello? They're not, look at me. They're not all over in Africa. Just turn on the TV and you'll find some. <laughs> right? Pay attention to tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's what? Halloween. Halloween. Guess who loves Halloween? Not God. <laughs> okay? I'm just going to put it out there. All right, here we go. Quick review. Our number one thing is in doing warfare is we need to recognize that we are in a war. Second thing was that we recognize that we're doing warfare from a place of victory we've already got the victory so we're we're fighting this battle it's really kind of an unfair battle for the enemy because we've already won we just need to learn how to walk in that learn how to recognize that learn how to how to to experience what's already happened so we're are fighting this battle from a place of victory a third major part we've learned is our understanding of the word Patience is different. A biblical understanding of the word patience is different than our normal understanding of our, or our, I guess, secular understanding of the word patience. You with me? I think that's. For me, that's been one of the most eye-opening parts of this whole teaching. Is, is is my understanding that when God says He wants us to learn, He wants us to to mature as we go through trials and we go through tests that we're to endure them and we're to we're to go through them because patience comes from tribulation and we can we can grow and Jesus can use this thing that's that's been in our life to teach us and to train us and build us up. So it's almost like if we're not careful, you know, our modern idea of patience is we're just supposed to be. Just kind of sit there and put up with whatever, whatever comes our way because somehow or another God's gonna work it out. And we when we studied and we looked, that's not biblical patience. Biblical patience is more like a, a soldier that's fighting, that's enduring, that's standing. Okay, and he's standing on what the, on what the truth says tonight. And this is Nancy. This is gonna be one of your favorite teachings. You with me <laughs> tonight? We're gonna to look at one of the a fourth basically like a fourth major part of warfare and, and, and it's and it's this teaching I'm gonna cheer and start teaching tonight on and spend some more time teaching about it as we go through the next several weeks. It's it's not it's not really um, how do I say that it, it I, we don't need to understand and learn what I'm going to be teaching just so we can do warfare with us. It needs to become part of who we are. And we begin to understand who we are, then we can begin to understand I can use that in doing warfare. What I'm going to be talking about tonight is our identity, who we are in Christ. And when I begin to understand part of war, when I begin to understand in Jesus, this is who I am. Okay, in Christ, this is who I am. When I understand that, that can help me to stand against the onslaught of the enemy. Amen, you with me? So that's one of the things that we're going to be looking at um, is, is knowing who we are and that identity and that, that knowing who I am in Christ or knowing what my identity is also ties together with, and I'm going to kind of combine this, it also ties together with what Jesus came to get back for us that we lost. You with me? Part of our identity, and I'm going to be hitting several things on this, but part of our own identity is understanding Jesus makes a statement, I came to seek and to save that which was Lost. One of the purposes of Jesus, in fact, is Jesus makes this statement, he, he does this several times, but one of the things we, we've been looking at in warfare is that Jesus made this statement I came to destroy what? The, <laughs> the works of the enemy. Everybody said Jesus came to destroy. Jesus came to destroy. <laughs> Excuse me. Did he do that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. Now tie that in, what I want you to understand is tie that in with this statement where Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Part of the way, here's what I want you to get. Part of the way that Jesus destroys the work of the enemy, the way he destroyed it, was to seek and to save what was lost. So he got back, follow me, Jesus came and got back What was lost, lost where? We lost, Steve mentioned it a minute ago, we lost it in the garden. Okay, we're going to go back and look at that in just a minute. But what was lost there, Jesus says, I've come to get it back, that which was lost. And part of that ties it with his, when he says, I came to destroy the works of the devil, one of the ways he destroyed those works was to get back what we lost. You with me? I'll say it again one of the ways that Jesus destroyed the works of the enemy was to get back what we lost in the garden. All right? And we're going to be looking at a bunch of scriptures that that talk about that. All right, here we go. Bottom line, or one of the ways to look at how Jesus destroyed his works was that he came again to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, what was lost? That's what I want us to look at. What was lost? Not just, in fact, the verse... The verse doesn't say Jesus came to seek and to save who was lost or those that were lost. It says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. You with me? The way I memorized that verse and knew it my whole life as a Christian was Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, the lost people, and to save them. You with me? Is that true? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but that's only part of it. He didn't just come to seek and to save lost people. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And it was lost specifically in the garden when Satan, the serpent, came along and tempted Adam and Eve and the fall happened. That's when these things that were lost. So what, what was lost? I want you to think about this a second. What, what did we lose in, in, in the fall? Identity is one of those things. In fact, as Jesus, God says this in Genesis 126, let us make man in our own image. Man, mankind, man and woman, Adam and Eve was made in the image of God. Okay, that's the key. You got to remember that. What was lost? That image. Follow me. Jesus came to restore to us who we were created to be, restore those things that were lost. So let's think of this. I'm going to list these four. In fact, I'm going to have them written up here for you. You can take a picture, write them down, whatever. At the fall, everybody knows when the fall was, right? Adam and Eve fell. This was in the garden. At the fall, we lost the connection with our source of life and therefore experienced yeah. death. Remember remember. Remember, God told Adam and Eve, if you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Okay. One of the things we lost was this, uh, our intimate or our connection to the source of life. We also lost intimate fellowship with God. Steve mentioned Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the garden and God and Adam and Eve did what? They had intimacy. They talked. They, they conversed with each other. They had that. That was lost. We lost our dominion or our rule over the earth. Remember, God gave Adam and Eve what? Dominion. He gave them rule over what? What was their rule over? Over, the over what? Over the earth. Over the earth. He, gave, he gave mankind rule. You have authority. Rule is authority. Dominion is authority. In the fall, we lost that authority. We also lost our freedom. And we became slaves in the kingdom of darkness, under Satan's control, all through, all through the New Testament. It talks about how we were under, we were lost to the, to the dominion of Satan. We were under his control. We also lost our righteousness. Righteousness is a, another word for saying, our right standing. At the fall, Adam and Eve gave up for mankind our right standing with God. We no longer had that. Jesus says, "I came to what? came to what? Get it back to restore it, and we lost our identity. Adam and Eve were sons and daughters of God. Jesus makes this statement I, again, I came to seek and to save that which was lost and I want to do a study real quick on on save it's going to help us to understand what it means when he says he came to save that which was lost. Peter makes this statement in acts two twenty one i 'm going to be throwing a lot at you so i'm going to try and Maybe I should just slow down and only go halfway through what I got here. Am I talking too fast? Y'all with me? Y'all tracking? Okay, would you tell me if you weren't tracking? (laughs) Peter makes this statement, Acts 2.21. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be saved. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save those that were lost this word saved in the greek is literally the word sozo and it's the english equivalent of that is s-o-c-o sozo that's the word saved strong's definition for this word means this to save to deliver protect heal preserve and to be made whole That's the definition, or Strong's definition, that's what they say, this word sozo literally means it's translated, we just read, Peter's word was translated saved, Jesus' word was translated saved, but saved means more than just our understanding or our old Baptist understanding of saved means I'm saved from hell and I'm going to heaven. It's much more than that, you with me? It's much more than that, it's not just getting our ticket punched so we get to heaven when we die. That's what I was taught for years. That was our main purpose. The word sozo can literally mean to save, deliver, protect, heal, preserve, and to be made whole. This word, look at this. The word sozo is found in the New Testament 110 times. 110 different times in the New Testament the word sozo is used. You think it might be important for us to understand what that means. If it's used 110 times, literally, another translation can be this: It means to be saved out from under the devil's power and restored into the wholeness of God's order and well-being by the power of God's Spirit. I'm gonna read that one more time. The word "sozo." Think every time you hear the word "saved," this is what it means. It's not get a pass the picture of just getting saved from hell and I'm on my way to heaven. Okay? There's a lot more to it than that. It means to be saved out from under the devil's power and restored into the wholeness of God's order and well-being by the power of God's Spirit. It, the word sozo literally can be translated three different ways, and it is translated in the Scripture three different ways. It can be translated saved, the word saved. It can be translated healed, and it can be translated delivered. That same word, sozo, can be translated those three different ways. It has the basic meaning, meaning, sozo, has the basic meaning of being rescued, of rescuing one from great peril. To protect, to keep alive, to preserve, life, deliver. All these words are what the word saved. All right, let's do a quick, quick. I'm going to give you these verses, write them down, because I'm not going to spend the time to look them all up. Sozo, everybody say sozo. Sodzo is the Greek word translated slave. In the New Testament, the word slave from this perspective can mean to have our sins forgiven, to be born again, and to become a child of God. Matthew 121, it was said this about Jesus, that he came to save his people from their sins. Word sozo. He came to sozo his people, save them. In other words, forgive them so they can be born again and become a child of God. Acts 4.12 says this, No other name by which men must be saved. Same understanding, being born again, being being brought into the kingdom of God. Ephesians 2.8, we all know, By grace you have been saved, not by works, lest any man should... Boast, <laughs> okay. What'd you say, David? <laughs> again, this is the word. All three of those places where the word is the translation is saved is from the the original Greek word is sozo there, and it literally means in those scriptures to be born again, to be set free, delivered, to be to be to get your ticket into heaven. Okay, become a child of God. Most of us, listen to me. Most of us in the church today, because we've been taught this our whole lives, we don't have any problem believing. Believing, remember, has the idea of faith. We have no, no problem in believing for salvation. We have no problem believing that God wants to save us from our sins, that He wants to bring us into heaven, that if we trust in Jesus, we'll be born again. Most people in the church their faith level understands that, and we have no problem believing that, right? Would you all agree you 100% believe that Jesus can save me or has saved me from my sins and I'm on my way to heaven? 100%. You have no problem believing that, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's confidence. That's, that's a guarantee as far as we're concerned. But sozo can also be translated to heal, or healing, and not just physical, but physical, emotional, and spiritual healing. In the book of Matthew, again, please write these down so you can go back and study them. The woman who touched his garment, Jesus turns to her and says, Your faith has, is it up there? Your faith has healed you. You with me? Your faith has healed you. You know what the word healed is in the Greek? Sozo. Same word. Same Greek word. Sozo. Means saved. Here it's translated healed. Jesus says your faith has sozoed you. Healed you. Mark 6.56 says all who touched Him were healed. You know what the Greek word is? Y'all are sharp. Bartimaeus is healed. Remember Bartimaeus? He was the what? Bartimaeus was the... (laughs) He was the blind guy. Okay? And Jesus says to him, Your faith has sozoed you, healed you. The translation, the translators are translating the very same word sozo. They're translating healed here. It was saved other places, but it's translated healed here. It can also be translated... Here's where it gets good... It can also be translated "delivered." And Luke eight twenty six. Remember the Gadarene demoniac? Y'all remember him? Y'all know him personally? <laughs> What's that? Animal for That's right. Had him over dinner. The Gadarene demoniac. He was full of demons, and the scripture says this demon possessed man has now been cured, or has now been delivered. Can also be said now being healed or now been saved you with me that's the greek word sozo 2nd Timothy 4:18 scripture says this the lord will rescue, rescue me rescue means to be what means to be saved means to be sozo. rescued means to be starts with a d delivered thank you <laughs> Thank you, Miss Brenda. It means to be delivered. The Lord has, has, has de- will deliver me from every evil attack, or will sozo. Same word. Translated rescue. Some translations translate it delivered. Jude. Remember the book of Jude? Y'all studied it a lot, I'm sure. Y'all remember where Jude's at? Where's Jude? Almost the end. <laughs> Jude 1 5. How many chapters in the book of Jude? No, <laughs> one. Isn't there one? I think, it's, I think it's just one, right? Somebody will check that. I may be giving you some false teaching. Jude 1.5 says, The Lord delivered His people out of Egypt. He delivered them. Guess what the Greek word is? Sozo. But it's translated delivered. In summary, Jesus says this in Luke 19, verses 9 and 10. Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to sozo, meaning seek and to save, heal, and deliver that which was lost. Jesus came to do all three of those. Everything, in other words, Jesus is saying this, everything that was lost and the fall, I've come to deliver. I've come to rescue. I've come to save. I've come to heal everything that was lost. I've come to do that. Think for a minute. What what did what happened at the fall? What what did we lose? What 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 did the fall cause? It caused. Think of things. Sin. Did the fall cause us to sin? What else did the fall cause? Separation from God. Being separate from God. What else? loss of authority what we lost eternal life what else what happened as a result of the fall before the fall was there any sickness did sickness come as a result of the fall yes how about how about depravity how about just decay did we don't did things die Did things decay spiritual and physical how about poverty Was that a result of the fall? How about loss of authority over the earth? Loss of innocence? How about just war? In other words, every form of evil came about as a result of the fall. Jesus says He came to restore that and I think we can look at this and we're going to look at this in three different ways as we go through over the next several weeks I'm going to be teaching this but basically Jesus came to restore think of it this way he came to restore our right relationship with God in other words he came to bring back the relationship Adam and Eve had with God Jesus says I'm coming back to restore that to bring that back he came back to bring right relationship with people you with me? Jesus came to do that. And he came to bring back right relationship within our bodies and our soul and our spirit. First Thessalonians says this, and I'm, I'm going to be winding this thing down here in just a minute. First Thessalonians says this in the Amplified Version, "...and may, God, and may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through." In parentheses, in other words, "...separate you from profane things." Make you pure and holy, holy, consecrated to God. And look, he says, and may your spirit, soul, and body—we have all three—spirit, soul, and a body—may they be preserved sound and complete, and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That's Paul's prayer to the church at Thessalonica. May our soul, our body, and our spirit be saved you with me jesus came to set us to save all of that within us how does that happen how do how do how how does how do we get that how do we how do we step? if he came your question ought to be if jesus came to do that how do i sign up (laughs) you with me how do how do i get this salvation how if he came to save me i want to be saved what do i do you with me? Is that your question? Say, yep, yeah, Bob, I'm just dying to know. Romans 10 says this. <laughs> but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. What word? The word of faith we are proclaiming. This, verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth. How do you confess? you speak it right if you confess if you speak it with your mouth that Jesus is lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead there's and we could preach on just that right there for a while okay to get saved born again you got to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead you think the resurrection is important You know what? Most of us have heard most of our life is about the death of Jesus. What his death did for us, what his shedding of his blood. I'm not not minimizing that. Thank God for the shedding of his blood. But you know what? There's more to it than just what the blood of Jesus has shed did for us. We also have to believe in the resurrection, because why? That's where life comes from. You with me? That's another sermon. We'll get that some other time. What do you do to get saved? Confess with your mouth, Jesus Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be, saved. guess what the word saved is? Sozo. Man, you got it. <laughs> confess and believe. Is it up there? Yes. Yeah. That's why you are so smart. Sozoed. How do I get sozoed? I confess it and I believe it. Why? For with your heart, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved as the scripture says anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame for there's no difference between the jew and the gentile the same lord is lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him why because everyone somebody say everyone. everyone who's everyone 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 who does what calls on the name of the Lord will be sozoed how do I get saved I believe here and I confess here and I call on the name of the Lord and I'll be sozoed how do I get saved spiritually how do I get saved to where I'm going to go to heaven when I die What did I have to do? Y'all all all did it. If you're Christians, you what? You believed in your heart, and you confessed in your mouth, and you called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and He saved you, so you got your way into heaven. Guess what you got to do if you want to be sozoed, which means healed? What if you want to be delivered? Same Same thing. Believe in my heart, confess with my mouth, and call in the name of Jesus, and I'll be sozoed. <laughs> Don't you like that? Acts 8:28 Acts 221 says this, "And those that are spiritual, who go to the vineyard church and call in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah. And everyone, or you could say anyone, Everyone, anyone who does this, everyone, one, every person who calls on the name of the Lord. How do you call on the name of the Lord? With your mouth, but you're believing where? And your heart, and you're calling with your mouth. Everyone, <laughs> everyone those, those who have a lot of faith means everyone, right? Everyone includes everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Sozoed. So So how are you sozoed? By believing in your heart and calling on the name of the Lord. Let me ask you this question. Why is it that we don't seem to have a lot of trouble in believing that I can be eternally saved and get to heaven, have my sins forgiven, washed away, I can be redeemed, I can be born again. Why is it we don't seem to have a lot of trouble believing that by faith I can do that? If I believe here and call out on Him, He's going to do that. I, I don't. Nobody in this room has any question about their faith to believe that'll happen. But we struggle... <laughs> When it comes to having faith to believe, God wants that same kind of saving faith, wants to save me, sozo me, means to heal me. Or wants to deliver me from a demon, possession, bondages. Same faith. Same calling out on the name of the Lord. Same believing. God says in His Word that that's what will happen. And we can so easily and readily believe one, and have a hard time and struggle with believing the other. When God clearly says, "If we do that, He'll sozo us. He'll set us. He'll, he'll deliver us." The same say, in other words, the same faith that saves me from my sins can save me from sickness and demons. Try it again. Same faith that saves me from my sins. I mean, if you. Th- if we really if we really understood just that statement to save me from my sins if we really understood the power that it took and the 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 death that it took the dying the shedding of the blood if we really understood what that took to save me from my sins the the you get me I mean it, what it took for that to happen, we would find it a lot easier to believe I mean God, all he's got to do is heal my body that makes sense i mean i mean seriously i mean when we understand that i don't i think part of us we don't understand sin, we don't understand what that means and the devastation that sin does and the and and that my faith can deliver me from my sin, which is horrible. It's wretched. It's, it's the sinner that I was, the, the, the old man that was there. And that faith and trust and calling on God, he'll, he'll, sit, he'll, he'll save me out of hell and bring me into heaven. I mean, that's a pretty big miracle. Would you agree? I'll get to you in just a second. I mean that it, right? I mean it it takes a pretty darn big miracle to get me out of hell and into heaven. I mean, is isn't that kind of what Jesus said several times when they when he would tell somebody their sins were forgiven and and he'd go, well, what what's easier? (laughs) It's that same faith. It's what we read in the words. What God says. That same faith. Well, heal me, deliver me, set me free. You see, even the, see this whole thing, this whole understanding of salvation, of salvation, we have often think that it's just this one-time event that I got saved in 1975, praise God, when I was 25 years old and I ain't done anything for Jesus since, but I got saved back then. <laughs> I'm being a little facetious, sorry. You understand me? It's like, That faith, it's salvation. I got that. That was the beginning of the process. I'm. You understand? We're still being saved. We're still. We're still. We're still getting. We're growing in our salvation. We're we're maturing in our walk with Christ. I'm. I'm. I'm becoming. Even though by faith I'm already the righteousness of Christ, but I'm. But hopefully I'm growing to where I actually look like I am. Right, I'm I'm maturing in that. I'm being sanctified. I'm and my and I'm my body's getting that way, and my spirit's in my soul. And I'm I'm moving that direction. <laughs> Amen. Let's stand up. Think about these things. This is this is how does that tie in? How how does and, and I'm going to get a lot more into this whole identity thing this next week. At least if I plan to. At some point over the next five years, we'll get to it. Um, how does understanding what we just this whole concept of being so-zoed? Jesus sozzed me from that. So I, when I'm in the middle of a war and the enemy's telling me and he throws this at me, maybe it's sickness he throws at me. Maybe it's maybe it's. Some kind of the war, maybe it's some demonic thing or temptation he's throwing my way, and I can begin to understand that. Hey, I'm I'm I by believing here and confessing here, I can be saved. I can be delivered from this. I don't I don't have to do that anymore. Amen. I don't. Jesus told the woman that was caught in adultery, "Go and sin no more." And I love this understanding that he he, he wasn't saying quit sinning. He was saying. When he says, go and sin no more, what he's saying is, I just set you free. You don't have to sin anymore. Quit doing it. Don't you love that? I mean, I, he, that's what he tells Quit doing it. You don't, in other words, it's not, it's not all about our stopping. It's just saying, Bob, you don't have to do that anymore. You once were in bondage to that, but you're free now. Quit doing it. Jesus, thank you that you came to set us free. Thank you for freedom, Jesus. Thank you that you came. You set, we clearly know from your word you came to seek and to save. What we lost, Lord, the, we, the things we gave up, that that, that are that, that we lost in the fall, the, and and the things that came on us, Jesus. You came to set us free from these things, and Dad. We, we thank you for that. Jesus, we want to walk in that. We, want to, we, we don't want to just know about our freedoms. We want to walk in those freedoms, We want to walk in these victories that you've given us. We want to walk in wholeness, deliverance, freedom. Walk in our authority. Walk in the things that you came and you took back from the devil. You defeated him on the cross and in the resurrection, you, de- you defeated death. Where we can walk in life. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to, I want you just to open your eyes this week. Be paying attention as God gives you opportunities to go and do that, to do this kingdom stuff, to go and proclaim the freedom that you've received, the things that you've gotten. Go and share that with somebody else. Look for those windows of opportunity. Thank you, Lord. Dad, we just cry out, Lord, as Jesus taught us to pray. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let it come. We want to walk in your kingdom, Dad. We want to walk in the fullness of the Spirit, in the fullness of your kingdom. All that you came to do, all that you came, Jesus, to to conquer and to, to bring to us, Lord, we want to walk in the fullness of that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.